New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Matthias, uh, let's dive into it. Uh, some of the big storylines in or around the NFL and probably none bigger than Christian McCaffrey being traded to the 49ers. The 49ers give up a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth round all next year. Are they, I mean, hey, why should they even show up for the draft? I, I, they, they really, they, they should not. But uh, but they get C-Mac. Um, I love this trade for a million reasons, uh, but I, I'm curious to get, get your thoughts. What are your thoughts about uh, C-Mac going to the 49ers offense? I think, it, I think it's great for him. Personally, I think um, uh, the organization did what they needed to do in terms of trying to capitalize on, you know, moving players right now so they can build towards the future and at the same time getting C-Mac into a better situation. For me, it rings of, you know, I grew up in Indy, you know, prior to Peyton Manning getting there. This reminds me of like, you know, when Marshall Falk finally got out of the Colts and everybody was like, hey, you know what? Thank you for your service. Please go and enjoy the rest of your career. We know that, you know, it wasn't going to work out here for you. So, I think um, for the organization, it's a win. And for the individual, it's a win. You can't, can't look back at it. Here, here's the thing. Well, first of all, how funny is this? Do you know that, that Kyle Shanahan used to babysit Christian McCaffrey <laughs> when he was? So, so could you, like, if, 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 could you have imagined back in 1999 that, that while, while Kyle's babysitting uh, Christian McCaffrey, that, hey, dude, you know, you better behave in, in 20, 2022, I'm going to be your head coach. <laughs> I, I mean, like, okay, read the tea leaves. Anyway. Um, maybe, maybe he had him out there doing drills and doing footwork drills. and, and Yeah, uh, really, right? right? Back in the day, yeah. He, he, was, um, he was setting this whole thing up. So 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 their families are very tight, Avi. Um, he, he, I mean, how he's going to be able to utilize – listen, they've got a very deep backfield at the running back position, right? They've got Elijah Mitchell who's coming off of IR. Jeff Wilson has been, been able to hold down the fort. They've got a lot of running backs. I truly believe that he, he traded for Christian McCaffrey. I think he's going to use Christian McCaffrey on the line of scrimmage as a wide receiver. I really do. I, I and like and like and like you as a defensive player, Kiwi. What do you do? You see Debo Samuel, you see Christian McCaffrey, you see George Kittle, and you see Brandon Ayuk all on the line. Obviously, one of them have to be off, but nonetheless, let's not get too te- technical. What do you What do you do as a defensive player? I mean, from the first position I play as a defensive end, you just got to get to the quarterback and try to, you know, try to hit him as hard as you can so he can't get rid of the ball. I think from a coordinator standpoint, now you're looking at your nickel, your dime. You're looking at, at, at you know, smaller linebackers trying to figure out how can you match up and um, and continue to make these adjustments because these aren't just, you know, guys who fill positions, right? You're talking about quick scat guys who are going to run away from your leverage. So if you're going to be in coverage um, with them, they're also intelligent. So zones are going to be um, stressed and guys are going to have to understand what the defense is asking of them. But in a man-to-man situation, I mean, it's like pick your poison. You know, you're going to, you know, you're going to give up some, some, some yards here. So you just got to find a way to, uh, to eliminate the other threats. Uh, unbelievable. Like, like I'm just, you know, and and again, Kansas City's going to to uh, the Bay Area. That's going to be a really good game. Kansas City and and San Francisco. I, I'm Kansas City in San Francisco against the 49ers. You know, but apparently Christian McCaffrey arrived there today. So from from Carolina. So obviously a long trip. He had to pass his physical. So I'm sure he'll be like a part of walkthroughs on Saturday. But mm-hmm. like you know, I'm like maybe utilize him in the in in the red zone, or if he does dress. But moving forward, man, I, I can't wait to see what Kyle Shanahan's going to do with him in, in this offense for sure. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, let's look back before we look forward. Let's talk about that Thursday night football game. Uh, you know, is DeAndre Hopkins the savior? I mean, Arizona beats um, uh, the Saints 42 to 34. Granted, yes, uh, pick six from Justin Simmons. Uh, and, and that defense was able to pick Andy, Andy Dalton off not just once, but twice. But could Hopkins, you think, save Cliff Kingsbury's job? Because that has been that he has been the new coach on the hot seat. Uh, your is, thoughts is on, he, on Hopkins is he on the hot and, and can one? I mean, this is what. Uh, listen, I, I don't think he is, but this is what uh-huh. the talk has been. Um, I, I, my question to you is: I mean, could one player change the identity of a team or the struggles that a team is having? One player. I, I mean, it was just he was targeted fourteen times, ten for one hundred and three yards. Unbelievable. Uh-huh. Yeah, I mean, I think it, it depends on, on on the situation. I just I just don't like going this quickly into saying that he is on the hot seat, given you know the the, the amount of time that he's been there and and what he's what he's done. I think we we like to jump the gun and and everybody wants somebody out right away. And if, unless you have a clear cut plan um, for who's going to replace him, I don't think that he's necessarily should be on the hot seat right now. I mean, the tempers tempers on the sideline get riled up. I get it. I get the optics of it. I understand that, you know, it might not look great, but this is football and everybody wants to win. So we got to settle down a little bit. Um, I'm, I'm curious if, if it's, we're going to see this type of offensive explosion. Keep in mind, it was, it was a lot of him, not a lot of Rondell Moore, not a lot of the other guys, but, uh, but, but very interesting. Another big storyline is Dak is back. That's right. Dak Prescott back under center for the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Detroit Lions. I wonder kiwi if cooper rush would have not would not have played so well and kept the dallas cowboys relevant in this division mm-hmm. if dak would be coming back too soon keep in mind they're going up against two cellar dwellers with all due respect right detroit mm-hmm. and next week they take on the bears before their bye week so i just wonder and i'm curious if if if, if you have any thoughts here or opinions you know if dallas was like out of it, right? If, if Cooper Rush came in, a majority of backup quarterbacks lose, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Would like are they rushing Dak back against two teams that I do believe Cooper Rush could could beat anyway? Um, mm-hmm. Because they know they've got to stop, they got to stay lockstep with the Philadelphia Eagles. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't. I don't think that they're rushing him back. I think uh, Cooper Rush exceeded everybody's expectations, mine included. You know, let's be honest. Like when um, Dak went down, the expectation was that the Cowboys were done, they're out of it, and you know it was supposed to be at least a six-week injury, I think. And so um, we didn't really give him much of a chance. But um, Cooper Rush did a fantastic job. He was able to you know command that offense and and get them in a position. To, to be where they are right now. I don't think that Dak is being rushed back. I think, honestly, like putting yourself, putting myself back in the mindset of a player, it sucks being injured. You know, IR used to be the kiss of death. At least now you have a chance to, to come back. It is, it as a professional athlete, I don't care um, what is going on, like what like what the news stories are and, and everything. You, you got to remember, like, you spend your entire life trying to get to the NFL. You spend your entire off season preparing for the season. Um, then to go down early in the season with an injury, all your mindset is, is on getting back. So every obstacle that comes in your way, yeah, maybe you might want to rush here and there, but I, I do believe that, um, 
you know, that they're going to look at this and say, okay, you know what, now he's actually ready to go. And they have that privilege because they didn't need to rush him back because Cooper Rush was doing so well. So I, no, I don't think that they're rushing him back. I think this probably is the time that, that he is ready to go. Um, so there's that. And, you know, uh, and, and I like I like to talk about some of the best storylines with you that are out there. And I think Geno Smith <laughs> has to be, I mean, listen, don't let the door hit you in the butt as you leave New, New York. Mm can we should we call him a journeyman possibly mm-hmm. and now this is a seattle seahawks offense top five in the nfl mm-hmm. uh because of geno smith and and he's mm-hmm. got the seattle seahawks team at three and three where a lot of people felt that seattle p- potentially without russell wilson was going to have the, the worst record in in the nfl and mm-hmm. in playing to not win and possibly draft one of these stud quarterbacks that are coming out this season. And Geno Smith is really writing such a great chapter for himself. It's 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 really really awesome. It's a hell of a story. I mean, my my favorite line of his, and it's been played a lot, is you know he said a lot of people wrote me off, but I just didn't write back. And and to me, <laughs> um, you know the the NFL is you know for a lot of people it it's it's uh, how do you call it like it's it's a metaphor for your life. You know like you try you try you try, and then when you finally get the opportunity, you're you're given maybe one shot, but to have another shot and to come back and to be prepared enough to. Um, uh, to execute and to be put in the right situation. Let's be honest, right? So you got to stay healthy. God's got to bless you with, with the, uh, you know, like the talent and, and everything, but you also have to use it. But, um, you know, watching him perform right now, the way that he is and watching him after the games, just having fun, you know, like it's, you could tell that it's been a long time in the making. So for me, it's like, Hey, listen, bro, I've been there. Enjoy it. Um, you know, nobody's going to, to look at his career the same way that they would have, you know, if it had ended last year. So he's already done a good job in terms of redeeming himself. But I do believe like there's there's a lot left for him to write in terms of his story. Um, agree. Uh, before we be in the segment. And by the way, uh, we've, we've got Mike Tannenbaum, who's going to be joining us uh, this hour. I know typically he's with us the last hour, but he's got bigger fish to fry. Um, but, uh, but Mike's going to be joining us next. And I do want to ask him obviously about this as well. And that's Elijah Moore and what's going on with, uh, of course, the jets, uh, he's demanding a trade, uh, going to be inactive, uh, today against the Denver Broncos. Uh, you know, listen, there's a lot of mouths to feed, mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the jets have been bad for so long and, mm-hmm. and they've, de- they've, they've definitely drafted a lot of skilled position players. You know, your, your thoughts, have you ever been in a locker room with a player who's disgruntled because of the lack of playing time? And, and, <laughs> I've, been, and, I've been the guy in the locker room who was disgruntled. Okay. I, I asked did for you a dem- trade. Did you demand a trade? I, 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 yeah, I asked for a trade. And, um, you know, I reached out to my agent. And I think we had Cleveland and Miami who were willing to, to work with us. And I got a call from, you know, the GM at the time. And he said, you know, you, you really want to go to Cleveland? He's like, I, I think you should uh, you should rethink that, you know. And, and so when I, when I look at this, a wise man once told me, like, don't ever count on another man's money right like he's a business he's got to do what he believes is right for himself the way that my career turned out I feel happy about it I'm glad that I stayed in New York and we were able to win another championship um, but there are times when you're you're looking at the limited amount of opportunities that you're getting 
and you're looking at the average career length of an NFL player and you're just saying to yourself, like, I don't have time. You know, it'd be great if we could all just be team players and just sit and wait around and, and whatever. But like, it realistically, like, I don't have time. Father time is not on my side. You know, I could go out there and have a non-contact injury on turf, you know, and, and that could be the end of my career. So I need to maximize everything that I can right now. What I would say is that whatever I would support him as an individual, I'd say, Hey, listen, you got to make the best decision for yourself and for your family. Right. And then you put the team, you know, up there on that list. But what I would say is that I hope that it works out. If you are going to demand a trade and you get a trade, you have to understand that NFL, um, uh, negotiations are not fair. There are only 31 other teams and not every owner hates the other owners and is willing to, you know, to climb over them to, to snatch up a player. So there are negotiations or things that happen that you don't understand. Um, but whatever does happen, I hope that it is the best thing for him because I do understand how frustrating it is to be a defensive end and to watch them continuously draft other defensive ends, you know, playing your position. And then you're looking at other teams and thinking, OK, well, there's work somewhere else. If you guys don't need me here, let me go over there and, and get and get some work but you know for my story it worked out played linebacker played defensive end was able to to move back and forth not everybody has that opportunity um so i get it completely understand there's a limited amount of snaps and years that you have on your body and you've got to do what you got to do right now and when you're not producing guess what the team's gonna look you in the face shake your hand and pat you on the back and walk you to the door so you got to do what you got to do Again, he's Matthias Kiwanuka. I'm Anita Marks. You're listening to New York Game Day, uh, and uh, and again, we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have uh, Mike Tannenbaum join us this hour as well. So uh, we'll find out more from him on his take on what's going on with Elijah Moore and the Jets. So definitely stay tuned for uh, for Mike in this hour as well. More to come. Uh, you're listening to New York. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Game day. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. We hear from Mike Tannenbaum for the first time on New York Game Day this morning. Mikey, how you doing? I'm uh, doing great. Good morning and uh, looking forward to a great day of uh, football here. Absolutely. Well, earlier in the show, uh, Kiwi and I were, had an opportunity to talk about Elijah Moore, disgruntled, not happy. Listen, there's a lot of mouths to feed in the skilled position area for the Jets because they've been bad for so long. They've been able to draft guys and bring guys in. But what, what do you do as a general manager? You know, you've, you've got a guy, he's disgruntled, he's not happy, he wants to be traded. 
Are you worried about how this is going to affect your locker room if you, in fact, don't trade? And that's what we're hearing. The Jets are not going to trade him. Yeah. So, like, to me, like, this is an opportunity. If I was Robert Sala or Joe Douglas, I would tell him, hey, I'm not trading you and you're not playing. And when you comport yourself as a professional player, we're going to play you. And we're in the business of winning games. And we got a young quarterback who can't he's not playing really good football right now. Um, so there's not a lot of balls going around, but you have to earn the right to get the ball. And when you practice better, you'll play better. You know, there, here's but but I hear what you're saying. And, and yes, you're absolutely right. But at the same time, you know, there are there, there's a lot of skilled position players with a lot of talent on this roster. I mean, it's it's a good problem to have. I would imagine, um, Mike, that, that there's there's other players on this roster that feel like they, they want they want more playing time. They want to touch the ball. They want targets. Um, granted, we're not hearing that they're demanding trades, but when you've got when you've got so much talent, and it's more about me than it is about team. It'd be you know here's a, here's another thing, Mike. It'd be different if this team was losing, right? They're four and two, right? Like if the Jets were losing, and then now you're like, hey, we're losing. Why aren't you using me? But you're winning. You're winning. <laughs> right. Yeah, and Anita again, like they're winning, and their quarterback's not playing really well. You know, early in that game, late in the down. Zach Wilson throws the ball across his body, could have been picked in the end zone, and that's why they're winning. I think Robert Sell is doing a really good job right now with a young quarterback that's still trying to find his way. So if I'm Elijah Moore, hey, maybe they need me to block. Maybe I could return a punt. I want to have a long career. You know, At some point, you're going to be a free agent. The 31 other teams are going to look at your behavior because the ball's not always going to go your way, and you're making a good point. You know, Garrett Wilson's not getting a lot of touches right now. You know, nobody's getting a lot of touches. Corey Davis. And that's what happens when you have a young quarterback that has growing pain. So Elijah Moore put the team first. If, um, if I could if I could jump in here for a second. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Add, of add course. This, we... Add this one perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last year, Elijah Moore had one of the greatest catches that didn't count, right? We we saw them lean on Elijah Moore when the team was doing bad. So from a player's perspective, if I'm good enough for you to ride me when the team is not doing well, and now all of a sudden the team is doing well and everybody wants to participate and everybody wants to go the extra, why am I now relegated to not being the same, uh, to not getting the same amount of touches as I was before when I was the one who was performing when this team was not being very successful? Yeah, at Kiwi, it's a fair point, and I, I lived it with Mark Sanchez, ironically, with the Jets. We went to back-to-back championship games, and if Mark Sanchez was part of this discussion, he'd be the first one to tell you there were games we won despite him. You know, we had a great offensive line. We had a really good running game and a great defense. And it's not ideal, but you can win that way. So if I'm Elijah Moore, again, I want to play for 10 years, not for 10 minutes. And things aren't going to go his way, but that's part of being an NFL receiver. So do what the coach asks, because at some point you're going to be a free agent. He was a second-round pick. He only signed a four-year deal. And I promise you, like, we are tracking – from a team standpoint, all the players in the league, and what play, what team is going to, want to pay a player that gets disgruntled early in his career because he doesn't get the ball? I promise you, if I was his agent, I'd be telling him, Elijah, you are taking money out of your own pocket because other teams are watching how you're comporting yourself, and they're not going to, want to bring that into their locker room. Um, another topic uh, Kiwi and I touched on earlier on in the show was uh, obviously the Chris, McCa- uh, Chris McCaus- the, the Christian McCaffrey trade. 
to, of course, the 49ers. Uh, the 49ers give up a second, third, fourth, and fifth in next year's draft. As I told Kiwi, why even show up for the draft if that's the case? <laughs> but nonetheless, I'm excited to see what this offense is going to to, to look like and how it's going to oper- operate with both C-Mac and Debo Samuel. Oh, my gosh. Uh, curious to get your thoughts. You know, would, would you would you have said yes to the dress? Would you? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> do, would you? Oh, my TV viewing. My TV viewing coming. Would you have said yes to this trade, Mike? Uh, I would, but I would have concerns. Now, one thing we're going to give them credit because of Mike McDaniel, Robert Sala, and Martin Mayhew leaving the 49ers. They accumulated six third-round picks as part of a league initiative. So because of that, they had some extra draft capital. And I think what they're saying is, like, I think what they're saying is we have Jimmy G. And with Jimmy G, he's going to get the ball to the – short and intermediate spaces of the field. And because of that, we need run-after-catch guys beat Debo Samuel, George Kittle, and now obviously Christian McCaffrey. So I think from that standpoint, it makes sense. But they gave up a lot for him, guys. Yeah, uh, but it's – it's and also and, – and, and I know this has been widely reported, and, and I totally agree with it, and that is, you know, it's a win-now mentality for them, um, and, and understandably so, right? Because next year, um, Lance – Trey Lance – era begins and then it's nothing but losing but that's my own two cents all right gentlemen i have to i I want to rewind before we move forward because if you recall if you recall last week on my locks of the week i was i was using the bucks and tom brady as a teaser and matthias goes whoa whoa i don't know if i would do that brady's not even with the team he he went to uh he's he's away from the team he's not even traveling with the team and then, of course, I did a deeper dive, found out that he came here to New York on Friday for Robert Kraft's wedding, didn't even fly back to Tampa to travel with the team on Saturday. Could have flown. I mean, come on. The guy's got a gazillion dollars. Could have flown out of Teterboro, go back to Tampa, and then fly with the team on Sunday. On Saturday, he did not. He met them in Pittsburgh. And Mike, you know, I'm talking to you off air, and I'm like, Mike, should, you know, should I make the Buccaneers my survivor play? And you're like, you're, do- you're calling the game, dude. And you're like, yeah, it's Brady. It's it's the Steelers. They don't even have any of their starting corners. And then and he wets the bed. I'd say something else, but it's a family show. I can't with this guy anymore. <laughs> if anybody calls him the, the, the goat in front of me again, I'm just gonna I'm gonna I don't know what I'm gonna do. I can't even tell you what I'm gonna do. But um but enough about me griping about me being kicked out of my survivor pool because of freaking Tom Brady. But nonetheless, guys, what's the problem here? Like you know, I understand yeah. he's going he's going through some personal issues, but Kiwi, I mean, let's start with you. You know, your your thoughts on him, and and of course, you're the one who alerted me of uh, of, of him not traveling with the team, and then of course losing and barking at his offensive lineman. Like, who are you? Who are you? So I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to slam him because when I saw the report, oh, I just read the headline. No, I, I just read the headline. And I thought it was for personal reasons, right? We all. It's all been reported what he's going through. I've been there. It, it's. A, it's a tough time, right? So I didn't want to slam him, but I could see the bulletin board material. There's bulletin board material that comes out of people's mouths, and then there's the actions that actually that they actually take, right? And so something that as a as a defensive player 
if you look at the actions and the coach stands up there and says, hey, look, guys, this quarterback thinks that he doesn't even need to fly or does, he doesn't need to practice on Friday or Saturday or fly mm-hmm. with the team and he can still show up here and whoop your butt. That's how little they think of you. And the one thing I didn't touch on is that Brian Flores is on that staff and everywhere Flores goes, Brady takes an L. Ever since they had that tussle back in New England with them, you know, being on different sides of the ball and whatnot. And so in my, from my perspective, I look at it from a player, right? You're, he's, he is the leader of that offense, obviously. He's the one that makes it go. We've all seen how he orchestrates and gets people lined up. Friday is a very important day for offense because they need to dress, rehearse, and get all the kinks out. If you're going to a wedding on Friday, even if you show up on Friday, that means that in the morning you're thinking about your suit, your travel, your this, your that. Your house is unstable already. You get to practice. Even if you're there, you're not mentally into it. Then you travel away, and you're going to fly and land and then try to go out there and put man no I, I don't care who you're playing in the nfl we're not having it that was that was my mindset but i thought it was only for personal reasons that's why i wasn't going to go so hard but then when i found out it was for a wedding that even made it 10 times worse mike yeah hey kiwi let me just uh, clarify one important point he's not picking out his own clothes <laughs> he is not putting out his own clothes. I can promise you that. So uh, I know we're in a football show, but if he, we're he wasn't, he wasn't picking out his own protections either, though. Yeah, no, that's fair. I was there, and that's totally fair. But you know, from a haberdashery standpoint, I can promise you he's delegated that responsibility. Um, you know, look, I stand by what I said last week to Anita, and I called the game with Steve Levy, guys. I was shocked. I mean, they were missing a fellow Witherspoon. Cam Sutton and Levi Wallace, and you're thinking like, wow, like this is going to be a rout. And um, Mike Tomlin's a Hall of Fame coach for a reason, guys. That was a really smart game plan to keep everything in front of them. And Tampa Bay's really struggling in the red zone. I think they beat Gronk, um, even from a standpoint of not just Gronk, what he does, but you know, drawing double teams. And you know, the, the optics of Tom Brady is interesting because I'll say this. Clearly, there's nothing he needed to be there for that he hasn't learned in his career. But, Kiwi, I think you nailed it from an optics standpoint. Like, clearly, it sends the wrong message. And it's one thing to scream at your teammates when you're the first one in, you're the last to leave, and you're Tom Brady. But when you're, you know, let's face it, he took some shortcuts this week. Yep. And... It, I don't want to hear you know, it from you. It if, if I'm if That's I'm right. there every morning, if I'm there early busting my butt, I don't care how many championships championships you won. If you're not giving 100 percent to this team right now, I don't I, I don't I, I don't hear it. This is a meritocracy. Everybody's got to be on the same playing field when it comes to the effort that they put in. I will say that we should say you know I, I want to point that Mitch Trubisky being a consummate professional, being benched and then having to come back into the game. And, and performing the way that he did, uh, past a rating of like 144 or something like that, I thought that showed a lot um, in terms of his maturity and, and his professionalism and that organization as well. Uh, really, uh, guys, the most, imp- the, the most important part here is, is I, I am now out of my survivor pool. Okay? So it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's all about me. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks. Anita's three locks of the week. That's right. This is Kiwi's favorite segment. <laughs> Let's get it. Isn't it, Kiwi? Um, it. All right. Here we go. So uh, so last week, I went two and one. So get this, dude. Mm-hmm. I'm 14 and four on the season. That's you know solid. What that is? 
that's ridiculous. Mm. I, I, listen, I, I tell people this all the time. Like, if you are 56, 57, 58% accurate on your picks and your plays, you're winning money. For me to be fourteen and four is is ridiculously dumb. I don't know how I'm doing it. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for the uh, the floor to fall out beneath nah, me. Like, don't 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 do that. Don't do that. Just just keep pushing forward. You're doing good. I am. I am. I'm just saying. Ride like fourteen out. and four is not realistic. Like I, I've gone I've gone above and beyond with my locks of the week. And and oh by the way, I'm, I'm not going to keep on beating the dead horse. But if uh, Tom Brady would have uh, you know played. <laughs> To his ability, I I, I would have been three and zero. The only my only loss bet on Brady, and that's why. <laughs> my only loss, my only loss was the Tampa Bay Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I teased them, I teased them down to like a half a point, and they still lost. So Try that was my only that was my, that was my only loss in the teaser, in the teaser. Try to warn me, you. I know you did. God bless you, my friend. God bless you, my friend. Anyway, all right. So here we are. Uh, we are 14 and four on the season, two and one last week, week seven, heading into week seven. How am I going to play it? I'm going to start with my best bet. My best bet is the Tennessee Titans minus one in the first quarter. And you can get this at plus 125. What does that mean? It means you're laying a hundred dollars down to $125. So Jonathan Taylor expected, of course, to be back. Um, even though he's dealing with an ankle issue, keep in mind, these two teams faced each other back in week four, they held Taylor to less than 50 rushing yards in week four. And oh, by the way, they beat them already 24 to 17. Um, the Tennessee Titans coming off of a bye. Mike Vrabel is 8-0 and straight up and against the spread with eight days rest. So he's going to be ready to go. Derrick Henry's got some fresh legs. Uh, the, uh, the, uh, the Colts, not great against the run. They're giving up over five yards per carry. So I think Derrick Henry has a big, big game. But here, I've, I've, I've buried the lead. Listen to this. Tennessee offensive coordinator Todd Downey, one of the best scripted offensive coordinators in the NFL. Of course, as folks listening in, the first 15 to 20 plays are scripted in the NFL. And he has scored a touchdown in his first drive in four of his five games. First drive, touchdown, boom. Meanwhile, the Colts, 28th in the NFL in points scored in the first quarter. So um, this is my best bet. I just gave it away on Daily Wager, um, and I'm giving it away here. Uh, Tennessee Titans, minus one in the first quarter. What say you? I think that's a pretty safe bet. I, I think, you know, the, the Colts are struggling. I think the, the biggest things for me here are, you know, you're talking about teams that are in the division. One of the teams has a bye, and you have Derrick Henry. I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll go with you on this one. Right. Um, I, I think it's, I think it's, a, I think it's a sneaky, sneaky good play. So that's my best bet today, folks. Uh, number two, I'm all over Kansas City. This line was minus three. It's now gone down to minus one. Why? The news with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, also, they get Bosa back on the defensive side of the ball. But I, and 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 before before I give you more reasons, let's let's stop right there with Christian McCaffrey because you know he arrived on Friday, got his physical. Really, the most he could do is is participate in the walkthrough on Saturday. So I, he's he is expected to be um, active and suited up. But like realistically, what what and he knows this offense. You know, keep in mind. Of course, we we talked about it. Kyle Shanahan used to be his babysitter back in the late '90s. Now he's his head coach in in 2022. But, um, you know, how how big of of a factor do you think C Mac's going to be, considering he didn't arrive in the Bay Area until late Friday? 
I mean, but he he's one of those players. I mean, if you can just get him the ball and create a little bit of space, the rest is up to him, right? So I don't necessarily think he needs to know um, – the ins and outs of the offense, but they could potentially throw some wrinkles in there. And, and even if he's not as effective, what it does is because he's such a threat, it makes the defense pay attention to him. So I think if he's on the field at all, there's going to be special attention paid to him by the defense, which is going to automatically open up some other opportunities for other people. So it may not be that he's necessarily, you know, the one that comes out with the big numbers, but I promise you, if he gets out there on the field, everybody's eyes, there's going to be 11 sets of eyes that are going to look at him at least once or twice. Like, all right, what, what are they doing? And that's going to take their focus away from, you know, their responsibilities. Um, even with that being said, I, I still do like Kansas City. I, I think this comes down to the quarterbacks. Like, who have the 49ers faced, right? I'll tell you who. Uh, Justin Fields, Geno Smith, uh, Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, who's been struggling because of his offensive line, amongst other things, Baker Mayfield, and Marcus Mariota. Marcus Mariota averaged 10 yards per passing attempt last week against the 49ers. So I, I do believe this comes down to quarterback play. Of course, give me, give me Patrick Mahomes seven days a week and twice on Sunday. Um, you know, this is a Kansas City team. They're one of the best in rebounding after a loss. And, of course, we, we know they lost to the Bills last week. They're great on third down conversion. They're great in the red zone. And here's another key. The 49ers play zone defense 85% of the time. Patrick Mahomes is the fourth best quarterback statistically against zone coverage. And last but not least, we reported it earlier. Well, uh, Ian Rappaport reported it earlier that uh, Pacheco is going to get the start in the backfield for the Kansas City Chiefs. Let me tell you something. This guy in the passing game, watch out. Um, I, I've been looking to see if any prop bets come out with Pacheco over receptions, over receiving yards. I'm definitely playing those today. So all those reasons why I like Kansas City. I'll lay the one, even with them on the road in San Francisco. Your thoughts? I'm leaning with you on this one. Um uh, mainly because of Patrick Mahomes, but I will say that San Francisco's defense, even though they haven't, like you just you just went down their schedule, right? So they haven't faced, they haven't had a lot of adversity or great, you know, uh, teams, quarterbacks specifically that they've played. They are first in total yards. They are uh, second against the run, and then uh, second against the the pass also. So they're they're, yeah, maybe they haven't been tested as much but they're doing what they they need to do and when you're playing on defense with that level of confidence you know and i'm assuming that you know everybody's pretty fresh at this point um you know good things can happen so i think this will be a challenge for kansas city but i still i'll lean with you on this one they're they'll probably pull it up Ooh, so two and oh i've got kiwi on my side last but not least um i'm going with the seattle seahawks and the chargers over Today, I think a ton of points are going to be scored in this matchup. Seattle, they're scoring on 44% of their offensive drives. Their defense is allowing their opponents to score on 44% of their offensive drives. They've got a 21% pressure rate, so Justin Herbert should have a monster day. Um, Also, Seattle, they force a team to punt only 24% of the time, so that bodes well for the over there. The Chargers, they sport a 26th, they, they rank 26th in pressure rate, uh, which is not great. So Geno Smith should have all day back there. And Kenneth Walker, he uh, he was elevated to the starting running back position. He forced 12 missed tackles last week. I mean, he just looks sensational. And the Chargers are almost allowing six yards per carry to oppo- opposing running backs. So I, I just think, I think a plethora of points are going to be scored in this game. So I, I like Seattle and the Chargers over 50 and a half points. Thoughts? 
I'm, I'm with you. Let's go three for three. Uh, when you, when you, I mean, just hey, just no. looking at it, right? We're at the point where stats matter, and both of these defenses, if they just do what they normally do, they're both giving up over 25 points per game. So 50 is is very realistic. Um, yeah, no, I, I like this. One. I like this call. So, um, so again, these are these are my locks of the week. Just to uh, just to recap, Tennessee minus one in the first quarter. Uh, Kansas City minus one at the 49ers and the Seattle Seahawks and the LA Chargers over 50 and a half total points in those in the in the games. Those are my locks of the week heading into week seven. Uh, some prop bets, like I said, Pacheco reports are he's going to get the start in the backfield for the Kansas City Chiefs. I think he's going to be utilized big time in the passing game. So over receptions and over receiving yards. And uh, and also probably my favorite bet is also Saquon Barkley over receptions at three and a half and over receiving yards at 25 and a half. I know we're, we're, we're going to spend a lot more time in the third hour, even doing a deeper dive into this, uh, this, this giants uh, Jags uh, matchup, but the Jags are really good against the run, but they are 31st in the NFL against receiving running backs out of the backfield. Kiwi. Mm-hmm. He's going to have to, <laughs> yeah, let's say they, they are really good against the run. Giants have been running the ball well, but yes, he's going to have to catch the ball. Daniel Jones is going to have to get him the ball along with other receivers because that defense against the run is tough. Uh, let's let's bring you up to speed on some of the news and notes out there before we take a break and we we kick off hour three of new york game day we've got jordan renan who's going to be joining us at the top of the hour at 10 o'clock to do a deeper dive into that giants uh of course uh, jaguars matchup uh we'll have kiwis keys to the game for the giants what they need to do in order to beat uh, the jacksonville jaguars and uh, and of course we'll hear back from mike tannenbaum as well coming your way in this next hour but ron rivera rules out dotson uh, wide receiver for uh, for the Washington team because of uh, because I can't say Commanders I just can't. It's tough to remember, <laughs> right? I, I mean, it's not that I. It's tough to remember. I just I I liked um you know WTF Washington football team yeah or WFT yeah I I I like that I, I I wish they would have stayed with that but nonetheless Dotson has been ruled out even more so I like Terry McLaurin uh, this week in fantasy that's for sure. Ooh, wow. Uh, Russell Wilson has a partially torn hamstring. So not only is it just a hamstring injury, but man, I, I, I'm sure you know, you know what that's like when that, oh, yeah. you know, when that, that hamstring gets torn off the bone. And that's not a one-week thing, Kiwi. That's, this is going to be a few weeks. That's when they, they say when, when you think you're ready, wait another week. And if it's torn, if you think you're ready, wait two more weeks. And it probably, it probably will have, you know, There'll, there'll be some explanation as to why he's been playing the way that he has been because nobody just goes down the first time they feel their their hamstring get pulled if it's if it's a complete tear so you know hats off to him for playing through the injury uh, Mac Jones on track to play on Monday night against the uh, the Bears I know everybody has been wacky for zappy but uh, it looks like Mac Jones is going to get the start uh, Mac Hollins uh, will play for the Raiders. You know, very interesting, I'm sure. And, and we didn't we didn't touch on this yet in, in the show. And and of course, that's uh, DeAndre, uh, not DeAndre, uh, Devontae Adams, of course, who pushed that that photographer, light guy, whatever. And 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 right. And and so there was some talk and speculation that well, the guy is pressing charges, and there was some talk and speculation that he would be suspended for at least one game in the league. Did you hear that? I, I don't think that that's necessarily. Uh, he shouldn't have done it, right? But there should be better security, and that 
individual shouldn't have been in that position, right? So he shouldn't have been allowed to cross. I'm not saying that the cameraman did anything wrong. He was just walking, but the security should be tightened up. So yes, you should you should say, hey guys, don't don't put your hands on anybody. But really, who needs to be reprimanded is who's letting these people cross the path on and off the field. That's a safety hazard for the players. You know, like you got cleats and you're running on a on a slick surface. Like you don't have the ability to just stop on a dime. You know, I've been, I've been in that same situation where it's like, hey, listen, if I if I try to stop, I'm going to slide and could potentially tear my AC or tear my hamstring. So I got a lot of feelings about that. I don't think he should have. But I also think that the 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 onus it should go to whoever the security is that shouldn't have allowed them to cross path. Um. So with that being said, I mean, no reports, you know, the, the expectation is that he is going to play today. Uh, but if if a suspension does come down, you know, obviously uh, Hollins as well as Hunter Renfro would be good starts, uh, especially in fantasy. Uh, Keenan Allen is going to be a true game time decision. Like I said earlier, I don't expect him to, to start um, because next week is the bye week. And again, it is a hamstring issue. So. I just, you know, you, you know how that is, Kiwi. You know, you're 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 one week away from your bye week. All right, why are we going to bring him back now when we've got the bye week next week? Let's not bring him back. Let's keep him shut down for two weeks and have him be ready to rip rip and roll after the bye week, right? That that's, that's typically that's the of, mentality. That's one of the hardest. It's one of the hardest things to do. So I had groin injuries. I had hamstring injuries. I had, you know, when you have those uh, those soft muscle injuries and they're telling you we're going to keep you down, but you feel as though you can go, right? So sometimes sometimes they'll put it on you like, hey, do you feel like you can go? And you feel physically fine, like yeah, I can go. And you get out there, and first quarter's good second quarter you're like damn I was not ready right so as you get older in your career you learn to to trust the training staff and it really does mean something like when you have like a, a tissue injury like that it, it takes more time you know and these guys who you know, get in hyperbaric chamber or do the cupping do the acupuncture all this stuff that you can do there's only there's only so much things so many things that you can do to speed that up and time is really the only thing that's going to heal that the Ravens are optimistic that Rashad Bateman uh, plays today. Also, Tyler Lockett reports. Adam Schefter is reporting that he is expected to play today. Don't forget, he has been dealing with a hamstring issue as well. Um, dum, bum, bum. Mark Andrews expected to play. So just some, some player news and notes, but probably none more, um, more important uh, and more breaking than Ian Rappaport reporting that Isaiah Pacheco will start this week against the 49ers and uh, and how valuable I believe he's going to be in the passing game for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, this concludes Locks of the Week. Uh, we're going to kick off hour number three next, and Jordan Renan is going to join us, who covers the Giants. We'll do uh, we'll get some inside information from him on uh, on this Giants team. Old Jalari was placed on IR. What does that mean on the defense? What is Wink Martindale going to tee up for Trevor Lawrence? We'll find out next right here on 98.7 ESPN. New York Game Day with Mike Tannenbaum, Matthias Kiwanuka, and Anita Marks.